0: My name is Tom Chip. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast, where we talk to the people who make the forum what it is about the games that matter to them. Today, we are here with Kate Pitta, who you know as—is it Athran? Athran? It's Athrin, right? Right, Kate?
1: Yes. Yes, it is Athran.
0: Okay. Now I'm going to ask you: Did you recognize that music?
1: I recognize it, but I can't quite place it.
0: All right. That that means you have been exposed to Lady Gaga.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh,
0: because, I, and I, I brought that up, you are now through the magic of Skype. I believe I'm speaking to you through Skype through a telephone. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. I am on my Android phone on my back deck as you speak.
0: Hi, and where? what part of the country are you in that you get to, like, hang out on your back deck about now? What, what's it like where you are, and where are you?
1: Uh, I'm in Gainesville, Virginia, which is outside of D.C., a, a ways outside, kind of on the border between uh, the suburbs and rural. Uh, right now, it's pretty warm evening.
0: And what does it look like from your I'm back pretty porch? pretty clear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, from my back porch there's a little path leading into darkness and um the back end of the other condos behind us.
0: Now what happens if you go down that path leading into darkness?
1: Uh it's a little short trail that leads to the local kitty playground.
0: Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> uh it's
1: actually it's really cute. It, it seemed mysterious when I first moved here, but then when I realized it just ended up at the kitty playground, it wasn't that cool.
0: It certainly, yeah, when you when you reveal that, it doesn't sound nearly as foreboding when you just call it a path that leads into darkness. <laughs> that robs it of its mystique. <laughs> now, so you're in Virginia. Sure. Uh you have been a longtime forum member. Uh you apparently have a serious claim to geekdom that I did not know about you in that you were a team lead on a game that a lot of uh, veteran gamers would know. Uh, tell me about that.
1: Once upon a time, I was a team lead for the MMO known as Dark Age of Camelot. Hmm. I was the team lead for the Mercenary and Blade Master classes.
0: And what does that mean in, in that, like, what did you do as um, team lead? What?
1: More or less, it was a volunteer position, although I had my account comp, I didn't have to pay, in other words. Um, that was kind of a community manager position. We would talk to the player bases, listen to their concerns, and then in turn present their concerns. To the people at Mythic, mm-hmm. and sometimes they listened to us, and sometimes they didn't.
0: Now, how is it that you got assigned to mercenaries and blade masters? And for guys like me who don't remember the game very specifically, what yeah. exactly were mercenaries and blade masters?
1: Um, blade masters were the blade masters and mercenaries were two similar classes that were. On two opposing factions. Ah. Um, for most people that, I guess the closest comparison to like in wow terms would be kind of like a rogue, but kind of like a warrior across between the two. Mm-hmm. Um. but at the time, at the time there weren't a lot of players playing either class. So I ended up uh, taking over uh, management duties for both of the classes.
2: Mm-hmm. And it
1: started out as Blademaster lead and then ended up being Mercenary lead also.
0: And what sort of concerns did Blademaster and Mercenary players have? What what kind of things or drama did you have to deal with?
1: They didn't do enough damage. Um, being kind of a hybrid class, in and of themselves, they uh, kind of suffered a hybrid problem that a lot of those classes and MMOs tend to suffer,
2: mm-hmm. which is,
1: you know, kind of a jack-of-all-trades master of none. So they had a lot of problems with damage and survivability. It being a PvP game, that was an important thing. So I constantly was asking the developers to help bust the class. And I did it eventually. Mm-hmm. It became, the mercenary in particular became one of the more popular classes in the game.
0: Now, how is it that you came to to this position? Were you into MMOs before Dark Age? Were you just someone who discovered Dark Age and was an avid player? Uh, what was it before that job that led you to, to that position?
1: Um, I played MMOs. Oh, I've been playing all my games for a very, even longer before that. My first MMO was one of the first MMOs, which was Ultima Online. And even before that, I played things on AOL and, you know, MUDs and whatnot. The reason I ended up being a team lead was because for some reason, when I decided to play Dark Age of Camelot, I decided to roll on the test server. Now, this is in a day and age where test servers, instead of just being up when the developers needed them, were a persistent server so you could actually play on them. So there was a small community on the server, and I was one of the players, and we had access to internal boards that not many other players had access to. And me being helpful and useful and Giving feedback eventually
0: led to me becoming a teammate. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you describe for me, Kate, what it was like, if you remember, discovering Ultima Online, going from text-based MUDs and MOOs or whatever they were called, to this first iteration of what would eventually become World of Warcraft? Like, Do you remember that being an epiphany, or did it just seem, seem like the natural next step? What was it like when you first came to Ultima Online?
1: Oh, it was, it was really awesome. Um, I was one of a group of nerdy people that were known as the Ultima Dragons, which was kind of this BBS proto internet club of Ultima fans. And we were all, you know, raring to go when we heard about Ultima Online. And playing the game with some of my friends in college and some of the other people that I was online with was just, you know, it was, it was really awesome. It was being able to, we had a house and we would hang out on the back porch of our little virtual house, <laughs> killing orcs and having fun, and we'd have people try and break into our house and we Beat them up and make them go away, and you know it was—it was, it was a revelation.
0: Did you have a sense? Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I, I'm sorry. I I was gonna say, and other MMOs just kept building on that.
0: And did you have a sense, when you were looking at Ultima Online, how big this was going to be? Uh, was it? Did you realize you were on the verge of something tremendous, or did it seem like this is just uh, another cool thing for folks like us who are into these kind of games?
1: I had no idea that it would end up where WoW is now. Mm-hmm. But I had an idea, I mean, because even Origin at the time said, hey, we're just going to make online games from now on, I think everyone started to have a little inkling of what was coming.
0: hmm Now, uh, before because, we – Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Sorry, I know there's a delay. Um, because you were playing with people and not just the computer. I think that's what made the big difference. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, now, bef- before we transition into WoW, which, which I I want us to talk about in a little bit, uh, I, I want to ask you, your brother is on the forum. Uh, Tim posts as, as Union Carbide. Uh, is he an older or younger brother?
1: He is my older brother.
0: Now, I just want to float a theory. I hope this doesn't sound offensive, but uh, do you play video games because your older brother played them, or did you come into that uh, by your own accord?
1: Uh, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Kind of, but kind of not. Um, the very first computer game I played was on the TI-99 4A. Well, besides Pong. was the TI-99 4A, and it was called Tunnels of Doom. And it was this little dungeon crawl game and I absolutely loved it and I played it regardless my my mom even played it you know everyone in the house wanted to play it Um, so I had to kind of fight with my brother to uh, be able to play it and one thing I used to like to do a lot and I still sometimes do with my boyfriend when he's playing On the 360 is I like to backseat drive when people play games, (laughs) which some people like and some people don't. But I like to watch someone else play and offer, you know, if they're stuck or whatnot, (laughs) you know, I offer advice. And so, now there's some games I fully play all on my own, but I do also enjoy that spectator aspect of it.
0: Uh, describe for me a recent episode of a game where you were able to backseat drive while your boyfriend was playing.
1: Assassin's Creed 2. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a great spectator game, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's a great spectator game. He would, you know, I, It was more of the puzzle aspect where I would help him, and then the Twitch stuff is where he excels. Um, and it doesn't bother him as far as, far as he tells me <laughs> when I do that. I mean, he'll ask me for help. He'll say, "What do you think?" Or he'll wait if I'm not in the room. He'll say, "Hey, there's a new cutscene, and we'll watch the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, It's just a way of both of us relaxing together, mm-hmm. and we also would play MMOs together. So uh,
0: now, is is when you're watching Assassin's Creed two uh, Do you ever feel like, hey, give me the controller, I want to try this? Or are you content to just enjoy those graphics and that setting as a spectator? When, when your boyfriend's playing, uh, do you ever feel like, hey, I want to turn? Or are you content not taking your turn?
1: No, it's more, there's certain games that I like to play. I hate twitchy, reactive, arcadey games. hmm so I'm more than I'm more than happy to watch because if I try to play them, I'll just do terribly and get frustrated. Right. So I'm much for watching someone else play them. Uh, things like strategy games or adventure games, RPGs. I definitely am in control when I play that.
0: Uh, now, if you don't mind my asking, how did you meet your boyfriend?
1: I met him through Dark Ages Channel. <laughs> yes, me. it is extremely nerdy.
0: You know, I you you say nerdy it, Kate, but I think that I think that's ever. adorable. I think that's adorable. So <laughs> you, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to lay out this scenario. Then I want to know how this happened.
1: <laughs> oh sure, I had been separated from my husband for various reasons. Um, that have nothing to do with computers or anything like that. Um and I remember this sounds so silly, but I remember seeing him hanging out on a rock in Gothwaist Harbor, <laughs> which those the people who play Dark Age or Camelot will know where that is. And we just started talking and we started getting along and we ran raids together and all of you know, adventuring and grouping together and we started talking to each other outside of game and realizing we had a lot more in common than just the game.
0: And that's where it went from there. mm -hmm. Do you remember, and do you mind telling us about, the first time you met him in person?
1: The first time I met him in person, I had actually come out to Virginia to meet some people from Mythic and i made a side trip to meet him and you know we met each other and we hit it off really well and you know from there things developed and i eventually moved from california to virginia mm-hmm.
0: and and can you be more specific what it was like the first time you laid well actually so here's a question did you guys know like you knew what he looked like like had you guys ever done a oh, video yeah. chat okay so it wasn't we like exchanged... your
1: pictures that right. it wasn't like a huge shock or anything. Right. Um, You know, we knew we'd seen each other. We'd talked on the phone and voice chat. You know, this is kind of before voice chat was really common. um, You know, we we'd talked and we knew each other without, you know, once we saw each other, everything was still fine. It wasn't like, Surprise, he's like a 50 year old, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. You know how, you know, surprise. And I actually have a funny story about that if we eventually, if we ever have time.
0: Hey, well, you can just drop that and move on. I want to hear your funny story about that.
1: (laughs) I actually, in Dark Age of Camelot, I had a really good friend who was a guy who, for years, Pretended he was female, and a really other good friend of mine fell for him as her. Oh. And so I that yeah, that it, it actually did happen back then. <laughs> <laughs> you, again, the days before you could prove on vent that you were a girl.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So it was kind of sad but, uh, that that so stuff did happen.
0: Was there ever a meeting Another. in this other awkward situation?
1: Uh, I, I'm i trying to think now. I don't think so. I think it was a case of he eventually told him he was a him. <laughs> I'm I,
0: sorry, I'm a I I love playing. Uh, I, I just sort of gravitate towards playing female characters in MMOs because I think it's cool to have – you know uh, like chicks kicking ass and, and cool armor and it, it's not a, a kind of a sexist leering thing i just love seeing women in those roles so i tend to play female characters and my main in lord of the rings online is a female elf and there have been a few times where you run into someone who assumes that because you're a female character you're also a woman playing the character and I distinctly remember the first time I realized that, because I'm not super acquainted with, with MMOs, but I remember a guy who was on my friends list, who I would regularly group with, um, and he was very friendly, and that was cool. Plenty of people are friendly. But when he would chat to me, he would say things like, Darlin, and, and that's like when he's talking to me about things like, uh, y- you know, hey, I didn't see you online earlier today, darling, or I haven't seen you online in a week, darling. And it occurred to me that... Th- th- Oh, he thinks I'm actually a, a woman, <laughs> and I just finally had to say, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I'm I'm actually a, a dude, uh, and he got very apologetic. But it, it really surprises me the dynamics of you know the gender politics with a, with an MMO. Is it uh, more difficult or easier? What is it like being a woman who plays an MMO, and is that even an issue for you?
1: Um. Sometimes. Um. It really depends. Um. I used to play male characters until I played World of Warcraft, and all those male characters in World of Warcraft are way too ugly. (laughs) Like they're playing female characters. (laughs) I mean, except for Torin, they really are. They've got these big, you know, I. I hate to be about appearances, but they really weren't that awesome.
0: You are so superficial, Kate. I cannot believe you. <laughs> now, why? Why did you? Before you continue on the question, why did you used to play male characters?
1: Um, I don't know. I just okay. did. Okay. Um, I'm kind I mean, I play, sometimes I played male characters. Sometimes I played female characters. When I, I, uh, I, I didn't ex- exclusively play one gender. And, um, good question. Um, I, in terms of World of Warcraft, it sometimes matters because, because as a, in a rating aspect, I find, and guild leading aspect, I find sometimes that, that women players, Aren't taken as seriously Uh as guys because sometimes women players get this, get this rep for being too dramatic. Uh Or there are a lot of players out there that they're, they think wow is some kind of dating program. (laughs) And so, and no, I'm, I'm serious that, that use wow as a substitute for I mean, there are a lot of people out there that use WoW as a substitute for companionship. And there are these girls that go on, get all these guys uh, into them and then cause drama. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of female players who – female players in general sometimes get a bad rep in that regard.
0: Sure, sure. Now, I, I, wanted, I want to talk specifically about some WoW stuff, but before we do that, while I've got you here, uh, I want to talk about television shows. Specifically, uh, I know there's one that you and I both, I'm assuming you love it. I've seen you post in the thread. Uh, but tell me about what, tell me what you think about Breaking Bad.
1: Oh, I love Breaking Bad. That is, like, the best show on television right
0: now. You know, that's so cool to hear you say that, Kate, because there's so many, like, there's so many different kinds of TV, and uh, I know that Breaking Bad is kind of, it's not a typical TV show, and it can have a very odd tone. Uh, oh, and you and I have actually talked about the tone before, but but tell me why you would say mm-hmm. that it's one of the best things on TV right now. What makes it special, um, in other words?
1: Everything? Everything. It's almost, um, it's almost like a film that's an episode. If that makes sense, the way it's shot, the way it's acted, the story. Um, it's just. Be- there are times when it is just so beautiful to watch the long shot, the wide shot, rather of the desert, and then it is so devastating at times. From the first season with the infamous bathtub incident just some of the divorce stuff just gets under my skin
0: ah i can imagine yeah yeah uh and i i you, you mentioned the open desert shots i love how it takes advantage of the setting I mean, you know, most TV shows are like, you know, New York or L.A. It's so cool to have a show set in, you know, it's Albuquerque. It's New Mexico. And it does a great job of showing that visually with the music it uses, with a lot of the characters who are cast in the the different parts. Uh, It's so aware of its setting in addition to its characters. It's almost like the setting is a whole other character with whom all the other characters interact. I love that about it. Uh, now, has it ever uh, not lost you? But have there ever been uh, times where you're like, ah, I don't know, if this is working for me? Like, have you ever wavered on it, or have you been really into it all along?
1: I would say that in the first season with the, and not to spoil for anyone who hasn't watched the show that might be listening, that the quote-unquote infamous bathtub scene, I found I found that to be so revolting that I almost stopped watching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I I kept with it and ever ever since then, I've just been completely behind it. I know that some people like you find it at times to start to lose you, but for me, I'm just enthralled.
0: You know, that's funny that the bathtub scene was kind of difficult for you because I think the whole angle of the show and part of what Is to me the most fascinating, and it sounds like you've come around on this, and this has actually won you over. But that bathtub scene, and specifically some things that happen later on, uh, show that Breaking Bad is basically a character, a a movie of a movie. Listen to me, like you were saying, it feels like a film. It's basically a TV show about good people who do reprehensible things, uh, and 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 that is is just a fascinating sort of cognitive dissonance the juxtaposition of that is you have this man dying of cancer doing a terrible thing with terrible repercussions and that's fascinating to watch and that bathtub scene is exactly that yeah. you know he had to do a terrible thing but he had good intentions and he meant well uh
1: yeah. so and as they say the road to hell is paved with <laughs>
0: And, and boy, it does feel like a road to hell, doesn't it? I mean, the way that like the second oh, yeah. season ended and, and where it went in the first season and, and where I'm, I'm thinking it might go this season, it does feel like a road to hell, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, who is your favorite character on Breaking Bad?
1: Hmm. In a way, I kind of feel like Jesse's my favorite character. 'Cause I I feel for him. He's he's lost. Uh-huh. His parents don't like him. Nobody really likes him. He's a bit of an outsider and so in that respect I, I identify with him. Um but he's his the uh guy the actor who plays and just brings a really just a sense of desolation to the role, especially this season, that I really find interesting. Especially contrasted with the role that he was playing just prior to this on um, uh, Big Love.
0: Oh, what kind of part did he have in Big Love?
1: Um, he plays Amanda Seafried's uh, newly uh, wed husband, uh, which is. The main character is one of his daughters, and uh, he gets her pregnant out of wedlock and then makes up for it by marrying her, which was a big deal because, you know, they're Mormons.
0: So he's a good guy, basically. Like, he's an honorable good person. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, a,
1: he's a very, very, very good guy on Big Love.
0: And he, he definitely so has that. He definitely has that quality of decency about him, that actor. Uh, and it's funny how, yeah. how close he's come to, I guess I want to say redemption in Breaking Bad. You know, with everything he's been through, and, and again, I don't want to spoil anything, but after three seasons, his character arc has come the closest to being able to pull away from everything bad that's happened and to save himself from you know, it's sort of, Breaking Bad is sort of also watching these characters move towards a very, very dark cloud on the horizon. You know, there's definitely something terrible waiting for them. And it seems like he had the best chance of all of them to get away from it all. And it's it's been early on in season three. It was, I, I sort of even felt like, why is this character still here? You know, he's broken away. He saved himself. Uh, and it's been fascinating watching him get pulled back in and seeing what's going to happen with him.
2: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: And I, I love so. So yours would be uh, would be Jesse. I just love Skyler uh, playing the, the wife, um, who part of what's amazing about her is for the longest time she has been kind of oblivious to what's going on. Uh, her part is what mm-hmm. I call a. Uh, I have a background in theater and and one of my favorite plays is Othello and I once got, got a chance to perform in Othello, but I was playing Cassio. And if you know Othello, Cassio is a character who is completely oblivious to the sort of emotional core of the action. Cassio never has any idea what's going on and he's almost always shut out of the awesomeness of, of the play. And it was very frustrating uh, and I sort of, for the longest time, felt that, that Skyler was kind of a Casio role in that there's all of this dark, amazing stuff happening in Breaking Bad, and she is is cut out from it. She doesn't know about any of it, and she's on the margin. So I have loved seeing that character, and certainly that actress, as she's playing that character, brought into the darkness of what's going on. I, I've loved that that's happened, and that, that's probably been my most fascinating yeah. thing with season three. Um,
1: yeah, that is very true. That that is right. I never thought about it that way. And, and as far and, as a fellow, because mm-hmm. I actually have a theater background, so I never thought of, I I never thought of it that way.
0: And you know what? You know what, Kate? Kate I, I
1: can go over it again.
0: yeah, I didn't even think of it that way until I was actually in a production. I was like, this sucks. You know, this is my favorite play, and I'm just the dupe on the margin of the action. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your theater background? Tell me about your theater background.
1: In high school, I was um, – the high school I went to, which is in Marin County in Mill Valley, California, had a student-run theater company. So it was not kind of a school within a school, so I had a lot of experience in all – all of the technical aspects of of stage production, from lighting to acting to directing. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, I did started to study it, and then realized that I probably couldn't make a career out of it.
0: Now, b- before and you
1: ended up getting back to the computers.
0: Mm-hmm. Before you went back to computers. Was there any production that you took part in that really stood out for you as just one of your favorite times being involved in theater?
1: Mm-hmm. Let's
0: see. Um, oh God, I'm, I'm I'm having a brain
1: fart. Um, <laughs> Were you? Well, let me ask you. Wait, you can probably answer this. Who's the playwright that was married to Marilyn Monroe that wrote a play about communism? Arthur Miller. Yes. Uh, uh, the play, what's
0: the? Play? Oh, well, so I guess his best known one is probably Death of a Salesman. There's The Bridge, which is about the Italian immigrants. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the Crucible, or not the Crucible. The, the, is it The Crucible? Okay, right. The
1: Crucible, that's what I meant. Um, Doing a crucible after talking to Arthur Miller. So you're the friend of the, of the theater, of the, uh, teachers.
0: Wait, 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 wait. You got to talk to Arthur Miller? Yes. Holy cats, when did you get to talk to Arthur Miller and what was that like?
1: When I was in high school, he was a friend of my teachers and all of us on the crucible got to talk to him. It was, it was awesome.
0: Wow, Kate.
1: I wasn't a major character. I was one of the, I was one of the girls, but still he talked about his whole experience, uh, with the blacklisting and, you know, the crucible, what the crucible was about, so.
0: Oh, that must have been amazing to hear.
1: It was. It, it was. My, the teacher was kind of well,
0: wow wow so i i just real quick want to mention uh you so you said you were in high school in mill valley
1: yes i went to pameltai high
0: school no way <laughs> all right well here we go kate As I, my brother i'm
1: a i'm a food generation graduate from camel high school
0: well, I I grew up in Mill Valley for for the longest time. I went to Mount Tam. I guess it was the middle school. You, you know, I'm from Arkansas, but my mother and my little sister and me moved around a lot when we were younger. And I spent many years, up until I think fifth grade, uh, growing up in Mill Valley. Uh, I a couple of years ago, actually a couple of years ago, I say maybe five years ago, uh, I was back there with my girlfriend at the time who, who lived in Berkeley and I went back to visit her family and, and we spent a day driving around San Francisco and she went out to show me Mill Valley. Uh, and I hadn't been back there since, you know, fourth grade, since I was 10 years old, you know, it's like 30 years ago. So we drive into Mill Valley and it was the eeriest thing, Kate, to be able to sort of anticipate what was going to be around the next corner and to be able to tell her, you know what, I think if you go left up here and you go down the street, here's going to be the school. Uh, and I'm sure it's changed a lot, but somewhere in the back of my brain, like locked in some place that I hadn't opened in forever, I could still find my way around Mill Valley and find the house where, where I grew up in for a long time. Uh, what,
1: Very what, cool. Yeah, it's, it's changed, but not that much.
0: I, I was actually there recently. I took a road trip up to Oregon with a buddy of mine, and we went through the Bay Area. And, uh yeah, it's – uh I, I love the Bay Area, by the way. I'm jealous of people who get to live in the Bay Area. D- do you miss it?
1: I do because I grew up in Stinson Beach, which is right next to – well, more or less next to Mill Valley. Uh, and I miss it, but I don't because it was very isolated. And, you know, a 45 minute bus ride to high school, when you're in high school, you don't appreciate it. <laughs> but now, at times, now that, uh, I, I do miss it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents sold the house that, that I grew up in, and they moved out, uh, to the East Bay, but, uh, I still know a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. And I miss it, but I don't.
0: Right. I, I think that's how a lot of us feel about the places we grew up. I I, I feel the same. It's easy for me to idealize the Bay Area, but I when I, that whole I miss it, but I don't think is how I feel more about Arkansas. <laughs> like, I miss it, but I don't. So. Uh, yeah, I could see that. So, so the game I want to talk to you or that you mentioned that you want to talk about today, let, let's get into this a little bit because I, I have to confess to you uh when it comes to World of Warcraft, which is the game we want to talk about, now you'll have to let me know if this is impressive, but I have a character in World of Warcraft who has gotten all the way up to level 27. What do you think of that?
1: That's awesome. <laughs> was it, um, was it Blue Chips?
0: No, good lord! I don't think Blue Chick. It must is. not have
1: been Blue Chick.
0: Yeah, Blue Chick was just like, "Hey, what's this Drainy thing or Drenai thing or whatever?" I want to check out this starting area. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so tell me a bit about before we get into it. You are currently not playing World of Warcraft. Tell me a bit about why you are That's not playing. Good. Okay, and why on earth would that be?
1: Um, to be perfectly honest. I was addicted to it, and I had to break myself of the addiction. People say you don't get addicted to things, but if you have an addictive personality, you can get addicted to things that aren't drugs. Mm -hmm. And I I was addicted to wow for a good long time, and it sucked up a little too much of my life. Mm -hmm. So that is the main reason I stops playing, propelled by the catalyst of we were moving. So it was a good time to cut myself off cold turkey.
0: Was that difficult for you?
1: Yes and no. Um, We picked a good time to do it because raiding was starting to become really stale. And so... We, my boyfriend and I were both at a frustrated place about it, so it made it a little easier to be able to pick up and walk away and say, "Well, we'll be back for cataclysm."
0: And now, did you? So you you jointly quit it? Like it? It sounds almost like because your boyfriend was quitting at the same time, that was probably I would imagine a helpful sort of support structure for for quitting. Yes.
1: Um, I was kind of finally able for the – I think one day I was just sitting there farming dailies for gold on the third alt and realized, what am I doing? I think I finally realized that I had a problem. Not to be all 12-steppy about it, but (laughs) I finally was able to admit that I had this problem of compulsively logging on characters and doing dailies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were in the midst. Of buying a house, and he said this is too much work. Let's just, you know, and the raids weren't really doing so well, and getting frustrated. So he said, "You know what? Let's just stop."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we did.
0: Now I he
1: sold our account,
0: but you didn't delete your characters, I'm guessing. No. Uh, and I did by not the way,
1: delete my characters and I...
0: And I think that even if you delete your characters, by the way, I've I've heard that Blizzard can get them back for you, uh, that that it's really hard to completely cover your tracks and get out of WoW, that Blizzard always wants to make sure that you have an in back into the game if you so desire. Yeah. Uh, So one – Go ahead.
1: (laughs) We keep doing this to each other. I was going to say, and my boyfriend who has a degree in marketing noticed that when you cancel – they do some very, from a marketing perspective, from some very evil things to try to get you to stay when you're in the midst of quitting. Like, are you sure? Are you really sure? Come on. You, keep, you do want to keep playing, don't you? <laughs> the first hit's free. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, uh, one of the things that I do, like I, I also have that addictive personality with certain things. Like throughout life, there have been times where I've been a smoker. Uh, I, I try not to eat sugar, for instance, like sugar is something I always struggle with. And, uh, but I, I have the ability to pretty cold turkey, quit something. I got a lot of discipline that way, but one of the ways that I do it is I replace one habit with a habit that is easier to quit. Uh, did you do anything like that with wow? What did you find yourself doing with your wow time?
1: I started... Playing Dragon Age, ah, um, and Torchlight, and some other RPGs, and plus the whole maelstrom of moving into a new house and moving everything uh, helped better. And I just, I guess, I really was tired of WoW at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's helped. It's good to take a break if you're playing an MMO like WoW. It's okay to take a break. Um and so I didn't feel that I mean, I felt bad about leaving the people. But I didn't really feel that bad about leaving the game. Mm -hmm. They made in some ways with the changes Blizzard had made, it made it a lot easier to walk away.
0: Now, in layman's terms, because I'm not going to understand, like, if you say a lot of advanced things about wow, can can you explain, like, what changes they made that made it easier to walk away?
1: Um, it wasn't as challenging. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of where I could sum it up. It didn't – it wasn't as challenging. It didn't rating itself – didn't feel as epic. Um, things, I could see the treadmill much more easily than I had in the past. Um, Blizzard made quests a lot instead of, it used to be you could go any number of different places to level your character. Mm-hmm. As you get higher in level, the paths, There are no branches in the path. There's only really one path left. So it really, for me, started feeling too repetitious.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And all
1: I was doing was just farming gold before. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, I want to throw at you, Kate, a very broad question. I'm curious what you would do with this. Uh, As someone who's played a lot of World of Warcraft, let me ask you, why is it so popular?
1: Hmm. It's Um sorry my ear kept losing remember that. Uh <laughs> why is it so popular? Because it's accessible? Mm-hmm. Um I mean, there are it's I think it's popular because it's popular. I mean, why do a lot of people have iPhones? Why do... Because there's... People... People want to be part of the in-crowd, and the in-crowd MMO-wise plays well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's lots of great MMOs out there. I mean, right now, I play City of Heroes. You know, longer than wow great mmo and there are people that play it but not on the level of wow i just think it's a matter of it's become part of popular culture
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know why do people watch american idol
0: <laughs> now well let me ask you this then uh when you're playing it do you feel that uh that it's it's a good design do you feel that it's sort of earned that that popularity uh like for instance, do you feel it's qualitatively better than certain other MMOs?
1: Yes and no. In some aspects like for example, I couldn't ever go back to Dark Age of Camelot now.
0: Because of things on um, WoW you mean?
1: Leveling Right, because of the improvements WoW made. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't I couldn't go back to uh I couldn't go back to Dark Age of Camelot. But other games have been learning from WoW and taking those improvements and tweaking their games around a little. Um, And there's things that WoW doesn't do that they could do, like things that City of Heroes does, for example. Um, But I don't know how they could implement those things properly because of the way the games are. Um, Sometimes I think they do things better, but lately I – don't i'm I'm wondering about their decisions. they want to make everything easier for everyone, and that's not always a good thing not to be all elitist but um, just, when it when everyone can when five people can knock over like the biggest boss in the game, it just doesn't seem that big anymore. It's hard to explain.
0: You know, one thing that I wonder about, Kate, listening to you talk, and, and I think you and I have a very similar approach to games. We've been doing it long enough. Uh, we, we sort of understand uh, this idea that games have to be a balance of fun and frustration. Uh, I think that's something that a lot of people think they don't want in their games is this sense of frustration and challenge and this feeling of accomplishment at doing something difficult. A lot of people in a game just want to press a button or basically get rewarded for whatever time they put into the game. Uh, And it it seems like, as someone who doesn't play WoW, it seems like this is what Blizzard is responding to and these are the kinds of people to whom they're catering, I, I would guess.
1: It's catering to the lowest common denominator. Right. And there's not there's nothing wrong with that, but I miss some of the things about the hardness.
0: Now you you mentioned it seems like uh, you, you seem to be very accepting of the fact. I mean you you have actually said that when Cataclysm comes out, you and I presume your boyfriend plan on jumping back in. Is that the case?
1: So I bet I've kind of engineered my life in a way so that I can't sit there all day and play
2: mm-hmm.
1: like I used to. We got a dog. <laughs>
2: uh
1: dogs need to be taken out for walks so I can't just you know, lose myself in the game all day. That's right, um, you're you're
0: on what's called the dog clock now.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely on the dog clock and he's sitting there staring at me. If he wants to come
0: out, but I'm not gonna let him. Oh, is he, he's right there. He can see you.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, the poor little guy. I'm sitting the but oh, he's fine. He's a little. He's. We've only had him a couple of weeks now, and he's still a little clingy.
0: What kind of dog From, is he?
1: He's a, he was a foster dog, uh, an English Springer Spaniel.
0: I don't really know what that is, but I'm I'm envisioning something with like floppy ears. Is that kind of right?
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, floppy ears, short tail, not too big but not little dinky. He's about fifty pounds.
0: Oh, and the poor little guy so is it's Im- not
1: like a fifty dog.
0: Right. And and you've got him imprisoned in the house right now, and he's looking out with forlorn eyes, wanting to come outside. What's his name?
1: Pretty much. Varro.
0: Varo, like V A R R O.
1: Yes like the guy on Spartacus, Varro.
0: <laughs> I do not know what that is. When I think of Varro, I think of uh, the weird freaky guy in Soul Calibur 4, uh, which is not named Varro, but it's like that. So that's, it's a character from Spartacus the movie?
1: Uh, Spartacus the TV show.
0: Oh, that's right. There's a Spartacus TV show. Right, right. Uh.
1: Yeah. It, the name was not my choice. That was. <laughs> it was either that or Riddick. And I, I said if I had to choose between those two, I was going to choose Varro.
0: I could see Riddick working for maybe like a, a bulldog with really short hair and, and <laughs> like a sort of a, a hairless, squat bulldog could be a Riddick. Uh, but yeah, okay, that's good. Uh, well, while while Varro, while poor Varro looks on and can't come out and play, uh, tell me. What is going to change? Well, actually, real quick, do you keep up with the, the updates for World of Warcraft? Do you find yourself reading yes. about the latest patches? Okay, why?
1: Um, because it's still in my Google reader.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, um, no, I mean, I read the threads on quarter to three. Um, I also listen to a podcast by a guy called Total Biscuit, called Blue Please, where he rants about the changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I keep up just out of interest, not of a oh my god it's going to be awesome, but more of a I'd like I, you know I I still have interest in the game even though I'm not playing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also to know what's going to happen when Cataclysm comes
0: out. And, and tell me that. What is going to happen when Cataclysm comes out? My understanding, very limited, however, is that it's basically just, is it a graphics upgrade? They're just kind of reworking the rest of the world to catch up with the post-Burning Crusade content. Is that correct?
1: Um, kind of. They are... Um, redoing the "quote-unquote" old world, which is the level one to sixty area, the original WoW. I, in, in my opinion, they're kind of what they're doing is they're doing WoW 2 without calling it WoW 2, mm. or opening new servers for that matter. Um, so it's supposed to be a completely different starting experience. Starting, if you you know start a new character, or if you have a max level character, there will be five more levels of content to explore and read and all that stuff.
0: Now, when you say a whole new sparkling experience, sparkling oh, go ahead.
1: Blue horses.
0: Sparkling? Did you say sparkling, sparkling blue horses? Blue horses? You can buy. Yes, <laughs> sparkling
1: blue horses that you can purchase for the same amount of money that it costs to buy an entire expansion.
0: Wait a minute. Are you talking about real-world money or, like, in-game gold?
1: Yes. No, real-world money. Blizzard, this is not totally cataclysm-related, but Blizzard started selling a mount for real-world money, $25, and hundreds of thousands of people bought it.
0: Is this the first time Blizzard has done, like, a micro... And that's not not even a micropayment, Kate, by the way. (laughs) That's, like, that's a a full-fledged payment. No,
1: it's not. Yeah, like I said, it's the same price as one of the expansions.
0: Is this the Um, first time Blizzard has sold (laughs) it. Um,
1: They've had the trading card game, Pets, and other little silly things you could buy if you got a special loot card. And then a few months ago, they started selling two pets, one of which was a fundraiser where 50% of the proceeds went to Child's Play. or I, I can't remember. No, it's Make-A-Wish. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were like, you know, five bucks maybe. But this was $25 for a mount that went the same speed as any other mount in the game. But it's pretty.
0: And where do the proceeds for these sparkling blue horses go?
1: Uh, I believe to Activision <laughs> or to more money hats for Blizzard. Uh, you... money money rockets to go to the money moon.
0: <laughs> now you call these sparkling blue horses, but surely there's something more to it than that. Like, are they like what Draenei no, mounts well, or what? They what?
1: Have, they, no, they're, they're horses that are made of stars. And they fly, if you have flying. They're little, they're little Pegasus constellation horses.
0: Now, I don't mean to be like, I, I hate to use this word because it's, it's really, it's getting increasingly inappropriate, but I'm gonna just roll this out. I wouldn't normally say this, especially in mixed company, but when you describe that, Kate, I have to say, that sounds gay. <laughs> A sparkling yes. blue Constellation it very, horse.
1: Very, I, it is very, very, um, yes, it's, it is very good.
0: I mean, you would think that it would be it's like... very happy. I guess, yeah, I guess, you know what, good, well, yeah, I like, that's a far better way to put it, but you would think that it should be like, I don't know, shouldn't it have like steel armor plates and be breathing fire and have a spiked... Uh, main or something, but it's a starry horse. I gotta see this horse now. I'm gonna go Google it when we're done. Uh, (laughs) by the way, do you have one? Do you have one? Fess up.
1: No, no. No, I will not be purchasing one. (laughs) I, I have no problem. Well, I do and I don't have a problem with people buying them because I don't because it's, it's, you know, it's whoever's right to buy whatever they want, but it sets and I hate to do the slippery slope argument, but it does set an awful precedent because Blizzard now knows that if they just put a reskin mount up on their store for twenty five dollars, there will be hundreds of thousands of people that will buy it.
0: Well, you you call it a precedent, so and it I I agree. Does worry yeah, and I agree that it's definitely a precedent for for Blizzard in as much as I know what Blizzard does. But this sort of thing is is common in, for instance, Asian analogs. And EA does this with their shooters and certainly, but these vanity items for money are just a great way to bilk hardcore fans uh, for money above and beyond a subscription fee. And I'm with you. I I, I find it pretty discouraging, uh, but you know what? Give the people what they want, I I suppose. Uh, If it sells, fine. People deserve what they get. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's very
0: true. Uh, so when does Cata cataclysm- go ahead? Sorry.
1: Oh no, I'm. I will answer your question by saying, no one is sure when Cataclysm is coming out, but all signs point to later this year, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't even think. So. I think the internal beta may have started, but no one is very sure.
0: I guess that is Blizzard demo, isn't it? They're not one to, like, announce a, a, a date yeah. real far in advance. They'll just wait until they're getting ready. And now Cataclysm is going to be, like uh, Burning Crusade and Lich King or whatever, uh, is going to be a, a separate retail right. release that you buy?
1: That's correct. That's another expansion.
0: All right. Uh, let, me, let me ask you something real quick, Kate. Where is Mankirk's wife?
1: With Chuck Norris, because Chuck <laughs> Norris was so awesome that he that Mancrest wife ran off with him.
0: <laughs> I deserved that, by the way. That that is the only World of Warcraft joke that I know. I I, I can't, <laughs> and I imagine it's really dated. Like, uh, I,
1: no, I don't. Not really. It's it's still anyone who plays Horde. You still will hear people asking.
0: Where's Man Kirk's wife? Okay. And just, again, to, to demonstrate how out of touch I am, I'm not even sure what the whole Leroy Jenkins thing is. I know it's a World of Warcraft joke. I know it has something to do with, I think, like a YouTube video where a, a dude messes up a bunch of raiders or something. But I don't know why – I don't know what Leroy Jenkins is or why he says it or what exactly – it's supposed to be about. It's one of those jokes that I've heard, but I don't really know the source material. That's, that's how out of touch I am. Uh.
1: You pretty much have it right. It was spawned by a YouTube video, which was staged, where a guy just runs into a bunch of stuff and it kills him and everyone in the raid. It was originally a joke about how raiding is, quote-unquote, serious business but it just turned into a battle call across the universe.
0: Now, are you saying it's staged? That Leroy Jenkins video was not, it, it was something that was like like a sketch set up to be funny and not an actual, like, incident?
1: Yeah, the people who originally did it just did it as a joke video. There's people that make, you know, machinima videos for games and whatnot, and this was a staged thing.
0: Wow. Well, good for them. I mean, that really took (laughs) off then. (laughs) I didn't know that. All right. Now, have you ever been to a BlizzCon? No. All right. Why not? You love World of Warcraft. How come you never went to a BlizzCon?
1: If I had lived on the West Coast, I might have gone, but now it's too far and Mm -hmm. air travel and... I did last year we did pay for the 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 thing the feed though
0: oh and right was right like
1: a, I can't remember. it was carried by direct t v or something like that, and if you paid like i think it was twenty bucks or something, you could watch the whole bluescon thing, and we paid for that last year,
0: and when you pay for um, that, do you also yeah, get the yeah, the pet that's pretty good. right, and do you get like a pet yeah. or a trinket, okay? Yeah. That, that was yeah, be uh, well,
1: I, did, I didn't. I did
0: But, but you've yeah, never. Yeah, they, they so. started
1: doing that for. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we didn't get it just for the pet. We've got it to watch the BlizzCon stuff. Right, right. I know that people have got it was just for the pet.
0: Right. So you haven't, for instance, like gone onto eBay and bid on one of those BlizzCon pets. You haven't gone that far.
1: No, All right. no, I wouldn't, I, I, I love wow, but not that much. Right. Um, I don't have that much disposable income. <laughs>
0: uh, now Kate, I don't know if you realize this, but what I'm about to do right now is ask you a completely random question that has nothing to do with anything that we've talked about. Uh, this,
1: Ooh, it's the secret question.
0: It's the secret question. It's random. This one, actually, the guy uh, last week, I felt bad. He got stuck with a really lame one. I like this one, and I'm real curious what you have to say about it. Uh, so this question will also be uh, a thread in everything else. If you post in this thread, and if in your post an Arabic numeral appears, you'll go into the drawing for a free game kate you're in that and and just to specify to everyone by arabic numeral i mean don't write out the number one two or seventeen you have to actually use the characters uh in arabic numerals as opposed to roman numerals so as long as at some point in your post arabic numerals appear you go into the drawing uh the post will be named the question that i'm about to ask you kate are you ready for this yes when you were okay here we go when you were a kid what was your most memorable birthday party?
1: When I got to go to the Exploratorium in San Francisco.
0: I think I even remember that. Or my mom. Oh, go ahead. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us about that.
1: Oh, um, my mom. My mom would take us, take me places and I'd, bring my friends and we go sometimes one time we went to steinhardt aquarium um but this one time we went to the exploratorium in san francisco which is like the best place ever to take a kid because it's all hands-on science stuff uh and i just had the best time and that was i think my favorite birthday i think i, mean, I was like nine or ten uh-huh.
0: do you remember any of the specific things in the Exploratorium?
1: There's that one thing, and I think it's still there, the peripheral vision one, where it doesn't look like anything, but if you, like, look somewhere else, you see an eye.
2: <laughs> that sounds creepy. And there's
1: the wind harp outside. It is creepy, but it's cool.
0: <laughs> did it maybe have, and I might be misremembering or confusing it with something else, did it maybe have, like, a tornado machine where you turn a crank and it...
1: There's a tornado a- machine.
0: Yeah, I remember that. Now, what does the building look like? I know there's some beautiful landmark in San Francisco that's kind of like arches around a fountain. I don't think that's the Exploratorium, but it, it appeared in the movie Time no, After Time. It's
1: right next to it.
0: Okay, so it is in that, so that part of town. The
1: Palace of the Fine Arts.
0: Ah, right. Yes. And so the Exploratorium is part of that complex, like it's in that area.
1: Right. There's a building next to it. The, that that those buildings you're describing were built for the World's Fair in the 30s, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Not the one where they built Treasure Island, but the cool. one where they built that, and that was built for the World's Fair in whatever year it was. Right. Um, right. And the Exploratorium's right next to that in the Marina District.
0: So when when you get a birthday there do all the curators come out and sing happy birthday? No. So you
1: just, I think that, you know what? There was a, there's a little thing in the exploratorium called the tactile dome, which you could rent for birthdays. And it's like the weirdest, it's kind of like a ball pit on crack. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's like this thing that's supposed to explore your sense of touch. And, uh, you could rent that out for, for birthday. So we got to go into that. But other than that, there's no special particular thing.
0: Right. Uh, do you by other any chance? Ch-
1: just running random through this.
0: Right. Uh, do you by any chance remember a cool gift you got as a kid? Birthday gift. Cool. I, I, you know what, Kate? I have to say, maybe little girls aren't, like, maybe it's like a boy thing to, like, remember a cool toy you got. I, I don't know if that's, like, a, a gender thing, but I distinctly remember, like, how awesome certain toys were that, that I got as a kid. Like yeah. The, uh, well, I,
1: I don't know if it was a birthday or Christmas gift, but my grandmother made, my grandmother, who was a very, very good sewer, made a wedding dress for my Barbie doll out of these satin riding pants that my aunt, aunt wasn't using anymore. And it was just the most awesome thing because it was just, it was really intricate. And she was just a really good theme
0: Now that's, yeah, that's definitely a girl thing. Okay. If, I, if I'd gotten that for a birthday, yeah, I would have been. That's a girl thing. <laughs> <laughs> one well, th- I,
1: and the other one I was going to say is I oh. got a bike for my 17th birthday that was awesome.
0: Wait a minute. You didn't get a bike? Oh, oh, so you, you'd had a bike before. This wasn't – your first bike wasn't when you were 17. I oh, no,
1: it wasn't my first bike. No, this was like a nice mountain bike.
0: Right, like an awesome when bike. When I was
1: 17.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. I, I remember in 19
1: 19- – car. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's right. Wait a minute. Is, yeah. Now, was this a stopgap measure to dissuade you from wanting a car as a teenager? It's like, sorry, Kate, we're not going to give you a car. Oh, Look, no. Have this bicycle.
1: <laughs> I drove my I used to borrow my parents car all the time um, until I bought my made my own way and bought my own car.
0: Oh, you got your own first car. See, I was a child of privilege and I had my grandfather buy me a like a I think it was like a nineteen seventy Ford Pinto. It probably cost him like four hundred bucks. So as as a child of privilege, my first car was bestowed upon me. I didn't have to go out and make my own way in the world. I, I had that silver spoon in my mouth. <laughs> uh what what was your first car? Well, I, I
1: wasn't exactly unprivileged. My first car <laughs> Yeah. Uh uh Ford Escort. Hey,
0: look at that. High five right here. Ford Pinto Ford Escort. <laughs> what
1: And and oddly enough, I'm only on my second car.
0: Wait a minute. You are now only on your second car. You had a Ford Escort for a long time. Yes. And you are now on your second car after the Ford Escort? Yes. Holy cat, I, what what is this? I
1: didn't have a
0: car. I didn't have a car until,
1: I want to say, like, around 95 was my first car of my own that I bought. Mm hmm And I got T-boned, and then my dad was, they were going to downsize anyway. So he sold to me for a dollar his Honda Accord that has, like, 200,000 miles on it.
0: And that's what you've got now? Yes. Yeah. By the way, Kate, another sure high five.
1: From California to here.
0: Right. Uh, another high five from me because I am also now a Honda owner. I have a, a little Honda Fit. So we, we've both gone through, although my my car ownership arc has spanned more types of cars, you and I have both gone from the same starting point to the same current point. So here we go. High five from <laughs> Ford to Honda. <laughs> well there you go so for everyone listening post in the when you were a kid what was your most memorable birthday party thread make sure to work a couple of Arabic numerals in there and I'll send you a free game on the platform of your choice so Kate if you happen to win I don't think I know this about you do you have oh well you of course have a 360 in your house because you talked about your your boyfriend playing Assassin's Creed 2 do you get much use out of uh, any console systems or are you just like a PC person
1: myself, mainly a PC person. We do have a Wii and a PS3, mm-hmm. but um, other than guitars and the occasional rock band, mm-hmm. I don't really play consoles that much. Right. There aren't any good RPGs on consoles.
0: Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I think there's something wrong with our connection here because it sounds to me like you just said there aren't any good RPGs on consoles. I, that's what it sounded like, but I'm sure that something was lost uh, in the internet. <laughs> Come on, you in just, my opinion. You played, You said you played uh, Dragon Age. You didn't think that was a good RPG? It didn't work for you?
1: I liked it, but if I played it on the PC, it wasn't very good on the 360.
0: Oh, you know what? They fair point. It's the
1: combat system.
0: Yeah, no, very fair point, because <laughs> I, I played it on the 360, so I mentally write it off as like a console RPG. But, uh, okay, very fair point. <laughs> And if you know, it's really, it's really true, Kate. I mean, if you're not into some of the like more, some of the Japanese RPGs and some of those conventions, uh, I would completely agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. Well. Well. So if you do win the drawing, and by the way, it's never happened. It's just a factor of random numbers that the person on the podcast has ever won the drawing. But but if you do win, I have plenty of terrible PC games. I can send you because I can almost guarantee, awesome. yeah, the drawing comes from a closet of the terrible games that I'm just going to get rid of at some point. So uh, it won't be any good, but I can guarantee you it will be on the PC. So, well, uh, Kate, I really appreciate you hanging out with me today. For everyone listening, come on back next week. We will have uh, Pyrrhic here discussing Pirates, the uh, Sid Meier's game. Did you ever play Pirates, Kate?
1: No. I should try it sometime, though.
0: Because I would maintain that Pirates is kind of an RPG. Uh, it's like a real casual RPG. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what Pyrrhic thinks. But that's, that's one of those classic games that uh, got remade, and even the remake is very good. Uh, what is on your uh, list right now for, for what you're playing? What, do, what, do you, what are you about to, uh, like, next time you boot up a game... It's not going to be World of Warcraft, I presume, but what's it going to be?
1: Right now, I'm mostly playing City of Heroes with occasional forays into Torchlight and and Dragon Age. So, waiting someday for Diablo 2, or Diablo 3, rather. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> and that's another, and, and now when is Diablo 3 coming out? <laughs> knows. It's one of those great mysteries of the universe. I
1: think the Mayan calendar, yeah, the Mayan calendar <laughs> says the world's coming to an end
0: before that game comes out. Exactly, yeah. And I'm with, now you probably don't care about this, but I'm also super psyched for uh, for StarCraft 2. It's like all these great blizzard things, uh, just on the verge of release, you know, which one's going to come out first? Would they hurry up and release a date, you know, just announce something? <laughs> those jerks. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well Kate, thank you for hanging out with me today. Uh everyone post in the forum. Everyone come on back next week for Pyrrhic and Pirates and uh and Kate I will be seeing you around on quarter to three. All, All right.
1: right. Thank
0: yeah. you. Bye bye now. Right.
2: Hello, hello, baby. Service in the club. You say say what? What what did you say? Oh, you're breaking up on me. Sorry, I cannot hear you. I'm kinda busy.